Hello, and welcome to Going Blind Sucks. I am your host, Dusty Adato. And with me, as always, is my wife and co-host and lovely all-around lady, <laughs> Joy Masters. Hello. Hello. Thanks. That was quite an introduction. Yeah. I, I, well, I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> um, w- one day, I'm going to assume that you're going to have like a, like a 15-minute monologue when I say hi to you. <laughs> like, you're just going to say, hey, Joy. And I'm going to go like, let me tell you about socks. Yeah, I mean, okay. hopefully it would be on topic, but, oh, okay. y- you know. Not like, just random. Yeah, it'd be weird, like, if if somebody was listening to this podcast for the first episode. and For the first uh, time, maybe? Yeah, for the first time, and uh, they're like, it's called Going Blind Socks, but they're doing a lot on socks. <laughs> <laughs> blind people wear socks, too, you know. That's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was on topic. Oh, I gotcha. You know. Okay. Like, like you... Wear different colored socks. You wear non-matching socks, which yep. for a blind person would be a good idea. I think because so. Because <laughs> it makes it way easier. You just pull, pull two socks out of your drawer and you're good to go. You don't yeah. need to look at them. Yep. Do you, do, you have, do you pay any attention to whether or not it matches your clothes? No. Why would I do that? I don't know. Just if I'm not matching them to the, each other, why would I bother matching them to my clothes? The only thing I do is possibly con- concern myself about the thickness of them. So okay. if one, and I often don't wear a knee high sock with a, like an ankle sock because that would be a weird okay. feeling. But if it's like the same thickness, because when you're walking around or like one really thin sock. You, and you one, don't want to be like an eighth of an inch taller on one side. Yeah, exactly. And when you're this short, every, <laughs> every eighth of an inch counts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, last time I think we talked about a lot of different things. Uh, this time I, I think it'll be a little bit more focused. Okay. Because <laughs> we started off really focused. Yes. Uh, um, this week I wanted to talk about an experience uh, that I had last week um, that sort of messed me up a little bit. And um, anyway, I just figured I'd I'd share it because that's yes. what this is about. Yes. So uh, uh, to give you some backstory, I don't know why I'm going to give all this backstory, but I'm going to give it anyway. Okay. Uh, I don't ever wear. Uh, hats or scarves or anything uh when it's super cold outside you um, wear a hoodie i wear a hoodie yeah uh, which is an awful idea because it if it's windy it blows the hood right off <laughs> uh so why don't you tie the hood i do it just it, it's still yeah okay. uh so uh it has to be crazy crazy cold in order for me to to do it to wear anything beyond just like my jacket and a hoodie Um, so last week it was really, really, really cold. Uh, I think it was, uh, 11 without the wind chill and the wind was pretty brutal. So in getting ready, I, uh, I grabbed a a scarf and sort of wrapped it, uh, around my face, kind of like ninja like, (laughs) so that like the only part of my body that was showing, uh, was, uh, wasn't even really, there wasn't any part. Like I, I had my, uh, my entire face covered except for where my eyes were. And then I was wearing sunglasses. So, uh, you couldn't even really, you know, see me, uh, and like I, a mummy. Yes. Uh, and I left the house and started to walk, uh, to work. Uh, and I discovered relatively quickly, um, that what was happening from the scarf was that it was causing like, um, condensation or whatever you want to call it. Like Your breath was, yeah, my breath was causing, uh, my glasses to begin to sort of fog over. 
and um, it made it really kind of hard to see. It, everything was initially blurry, uh, and then I um, to get to to get to the train, I you know I I walk uh, half a block on my block, and then I make a left to go towards the subway. And when I made the left to go towards the subway, um, I, for some reason, at this particular time of year, that particular time that I was leaving, uh, the light, the the sun, like it was aimed like kind of directly into me. Mm-hmm. So um, it was maximum glare and it was maximum glare on top of uh, the fact that my glasses were already sort of foggy. Uh, foggy. Um, and it, re- it caused me to re- like to really only be able to see light and dark uh, and the minorest of outlines uh, and m- making it virtually impossible to to travel, and instantly causing sort of a, a freak out. Uh, and I think the reason that it, it freaked me out to the degree that it did was uh, that, to my understanding, that's what will eventually happen to my vision, because when they uh, when I got diagnosed, the doctors were all like, I asked like, what is black? You know, when is it going to be black? And generally the doctor's like, well, it never, for RP people, it rarely goes like full on black. Um, that you usually go down to like two or three degrees, but at two or three degrees, um, you're usually only seeing um, like differentiations in light. And some color. And some color. and Yeah, and minor amounts of color. So, um, you know, that's... That is the worst case scenario, usually. Um, go ahead. Well, I, this is, well, in the last couple of days, it's the first time I've heard of this particular outcome from you. I thought, like, the initial doctor, the Tim Conway doctor, told us that you could expect to go possibly completely black and that other people do. That was my understanding this whole time. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I got more research into it, the basic... What they said is like that. That is extremely rare. Okay, yeah, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that it'll usually go down to uh, below what's considered anything. I think below two degrees is considered like non-usable vision. Right. Okay. So, but in the back of my head, like I always figured that that was a lie. You know, what I mean, not a lie, but like. I'm considered legally blind, but I don't consider myself blind, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I always felt like, well, that's just like, you need to label it something. You need to, uh, you like, still had hope that it wouldn't be that bad. Right. So, you know, when I, when I experienced like what, what that vision could potentially be and that it wasn't, uh, really usable. Like I, I just felt like non-usable vision was kind of a lie in the same way that like, calling me blind is a lie because I'm not blind. I'm just not able to see like everybody else does. Uh, so, but I tried to travel and, you know, at any point I could always lift up the glasses. So I, there was an escape. There was sort of an immediate escape that could happen. Um, but it was also freezing cold. Uh, and I wanted to see like, can I overcome this? I have the cane. Like, can I, deal with this. Um, is the cane enough? 
Yeah, is it Kane enough? And it was um, overwhelming. It was uh, it was one of those things where sometimes if you panic enough, your brain doesn't send signals that make any sense, and it's just like, yeah, no, it's it's fine. You're just go. Like it'll be okay. Like you could totally solve this situation just by taking off the glasses and sunglasses and be out of it. But like my brain wouldn't let me do that. So I, I pushed forward uh, thinking that I was okay. Um, and then at a certain point as I was going, I lift the glasses up to sort of, I was like, okay, well, where am I? Um, and I realized I was standing like completely in the middle of the road, which I thought was a lot farther away than it in fact was. Um, and had, in doing so, put myself in what some might consider a Extreme significant amount of danger. danger. Yes. Um, I was saying significant amount of danger, so I'm aware. Okay. Um, I didn't intend to do it. Um, so uh, once I discovered I was in the middle of the road, um, my brain set that signal to, you know, just take off the glasses. Just, uh, just take them off and, and get to where you needed to go, uh, which I did. And um, got to work. And when I was getting sort of, when I started getting a lot more panic attacks over the whole thing, uh, the my doctor gave me, uh, I don't know if it was Xanax or whatever, you know, some sort of uh, anxiety medicine and like the lowest conceivable form of it and said, you know, we'll see if you need it. And I've been avoiding it as much as humanly possible. Uh, but... After that experience, uh, I was super stressed. And like an hour later, kind of when I got to work, I could still feel my heart going a thousand miles um, an hour and I had to take one. And I, I don't even know if they work because I always take them after I am through an anxious situation mm-hmm. because, I, you know, once I'm in it, like I'm less inclined to just stop and find water and take a pill and all that. Um so I never know if it's that the pills help or just the thing ended and I'm better now. So anyway, um, I uh, I got to work, took the pill, and now I was fine. And that, that's the story, if you will. Uh, and it, um, it, it since then, it has been messing with me because of, you know, what I said, because it's, because it, like, it, it gave me a really good glimpse into what is potentially to come. Um, and I had thought that what was coming wouldn't be so bad. Now, I could still be wrong. Like, there's, like, there wasn't, like, a big sign that said, this is a perfect analogy of what will happen <laughs> later, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so it's, it's conceivable that it'll all be fine, but it definitely... Uh, was kind of a slap in the face. Yes, I feel the same way. Why are you saying it that way? Not not a slap in the face, because I just found out about this, and you didn't share it with me at the time. Yes, that's true. And, in, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't share with you at the time because I wanted to talk about it here. I know. And you do not appreciate that. No, no, I don't. Um, but yeah, it, it happened. I, I mean, I think I told you that I had a really rough day. 
Yes. I just didn't give you the all the context. You didn't tell me it. that you found yourself in the middle of a, of a street, of a no. New York City street. Yes. With no idea of whether or not you should have been crossing at that moment. That is correct. You could have been hit by a car. Yes. I'm not happy about it. I'm not. <laughs> I know that. It, okay. it, was, it was not a situation that I intentionally had gotten myself into. It wasn't a situation that I was just like, hey, you know, screw it. Like oh, it was a little bit and, and, and not and, and not to take away from the experience that you were having and trying to see if it would work. I totally understand that part of it. But you knew that you couldn't see and you knew that you weren't exactly sure where you were. And at any moment you could pick up your glasses. Yes. I, I thought I was a significant distance away from where that street was. Like I did not have any like I I would have bet my life and apparently I did. Yes. Uh that I was not anywhere near the street. So when I did do that, it that's what made it just that much more startling was the realization that like um the when you walk someplace a lot you think that you kind of have it memorized. Um because you do, because your brain will autopilot and just like walk home and you you have no recollection of it, but somehow you got there. Right. But it's also your brain on autopilot with the the windshield of your eyes open. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't, people drive all the time autopilot to and from work, but if their windshield was covered in snow, it wouldn't work. Right. No, I get that. So I understand what you're saying. And I, I'm partly glad that you were able to have the experience, at least to have a sense of what could be. I'm sorry one that it it is not what you were hoping or not as not as not awful as you're <laughs> thinking. And two um two things come to mind. One sharing things with me, which we can talk about if you'd like because I would like to. And two um oh crap, I forgot what it was now. Sharing. Oh, um taking care of yourself. So we had, I think we talked last time or the time before about you taking care of yourself, like at the movie theater, being able to ask somebody to go in or before everybody else, so you can sit down when the lights are on and nobody's there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is another one of those moments where you knew that you could take care of yourself and you didn't. And I just want to encourage you to take care of yourself at any point that you can. Yes. And I, I mean, I don't think I would ever allow that to happen again. Okay. That particular thing. Um, like, for my own sanity. I don't think I could ever allow that to happen again. Um, and it was weird because I've used the scarf in that way before and I've never had it, like, do that. So, it... Because you had your glasses over it. Okay. It, it's because it traps the air in. It, it happens when when I used to ski. I would have the... Um, especially when it was windy, I would tuck the scarf in underneath my ski goggles mm-hmm. and it would always fog up because the air doesn't... It's it's escaping up through the only opening, which is into your glasses. Okay. So I should put them on... I should do it the other way? Yeah, it still may do that a little bit, but if you can have it just so there's space in between the scarf and your glasses, it would be better. Okay. Hopefully it just won't get that gold again. Sure. It'll just <laughs> always be warm. It'll always be warm enough for you to not wear a scarf. Yeah. I mean, it generally has been. I think I've only worn a scarf like maybe four times in the last decade i just picked a picked a real crap day to do it (laughs) although i I mean it was also 11 degrees so it wasn't like i just was like hey it's thursday right uh so 
so yeah, that that was and that came after two days of uh I think it was like a, or a few days before that, like I'd gone out two nights in the previous week. Uh and those were pretty rough too. Um they're uh they were both located in um similar places. What was located in similar places? The two places that we went. Um Oh that's before this yeah. thing happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh we had gone out one night uh to do uh improv show and one night to have dinner with friends. Uh and the improv show was at a, a place called Under St. Mark's in uh East Village. In, yeah. And it was lo- it it's located at a like before then I I went to go meet uh Joy and 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 some friends uh and the rest of the people in the group um at a restaurant. And it was located at a place that I'd been to a bunch of times before. Not the particular restaurant that we were at, but in a in a part of town when I was like really into doing stand up. Um almost every place I went to kind of involved that particular walk mm-hmm. uh from Union Square to, you know, someplace in that general area. And it was uh, but I hadn't done it in quite a while. Uh and it was one of those uh, one of those like walks where you could give yourself a very good juxtaposition of what it was and what it is. You know, um so like even when I just got out at uh Union Square, I was immediately sort of like bewildered, you know. Uh and uh, somebody as I was looking around, somebody could instantly see that I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> She's like, Okay, you know, let me know like where are you trying to get to? Uh and I, I said it's like, Okay, go out here, make a left, go two blocks down, make an uh or make a right, go two blocks down, make a left, and then go two blocks there, and then make a right. Well that's uh, very nice. Yeah. Um so even though like I had a very strong memory of where I was going. Like I instantly was just like, I will go wherever this lady just told me to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I will be certain of it. Yes. Uh, and I did. And it was, uh, it was rough. You know, it, it was this area that like, I used to know like the back of my hand. And now every like 10 feet, I was panicked of like looking at street signs and street corners. And where am I? And you know, what do I need to do to, to get there and especially certain parts where like you never know where Broadway specifically is. Like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. tough to remember, like, is this, you know, it, it, there are certain areas where like the grid system breaks down a little bit and that happened to be one of them. Uh, and I sort of had to go from like kind of being okay into this sort of panicked walk into getting to the restaurant. Uh, and I was like, Hey, when I got there, I said to the hostess, like, Hey, uh, my wife's here. I'm meeting up with her. Um, she's like, well, what does she look like? And I was like, well, she's, you know, short and she's got dark hair, um, which is admittedly a vague description. <laughs> yep. Uh, to which she responded, yeah, th- no one has come in here like that. And I was like, really? <laughs> there were no short, dark haired ladies that have come into this restaurant today that look like that. <laughs> like, like in my head, I was like, I'm 
blind and I could see three of them right now. <laughs> You're not trying. Um, so I texted you. Uh, and then and I saw you and I got you. Yes. I do find it interesting that just now you called yourself blind, but earlier when um, you were talking about the... Right. But, uh, cause, <laughs> you're not. Because for joke purposes. Right. You know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Um, interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't consider myself to be a blind person, but if me and other people are looking for something and, you, and I find it, <laughs> I taunt them because I say, the blind guy found it before you did. You suck. Um, yep. Use your, uh, <laughs> use your element against others. <laughs> yes. And it works. And everybody is like, what? Um, so, uh, so then we had dinner in what for me was sort of a semi pitch black situation. It was very dark. Yeah. It was. Even though you had stolen a candle. From I, yeah, I, I stole a few of them actually. <laughs> uh, and then had to go to the show and, uh, to get into the show is a, um, an uneven set of, um, windy stairs where the, ceiling changes heights <laughs> oh it's dangerous even for sighted people it's it's actually very hard to navigate yeah um so for the whole time i was just sort of traumatized by like being there and like okay do an improv show that you haven't done in five months or whatever it was uh go be funny um and i tried my best and i think i did okay and oh, i think great. we did yeah we did good um my you coworker know. said that that she thought we were great okay cool um Oh, and, and um, my other improv friend that was there, too. I'm just saying. Yeah. People said that was good. Uh, and then a couple of nights after, we had dinner with... Uh, um, some friends. With some friends. And one of them um, is also a co-worker. And I don't think he'd ever really seen the extent to which uh, I had lost my vision. Because he had known me for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't. Uh, so um, we decided, okay, well, like, we're... The place we were going to meet up with Joy and uh, and his wife and his wife uh, were maybe like six blocks away. So like, okay, we'll we'll just walk it. Um, and not every block in New York City is lit equally. No, uh, some are significantly darker than others. And we found them all um, <laughs> that were dark. Um, so there were a bunch of blocks along the way that um, were just pitch black for like huge sections. Um, not only were they pitch black, but they were one, they were like pitch black and they had things that just like jutted out where it was like, okay, the sidewalk narrows down to like three feet here because a random black fence that you can never conceivably see is here. Mm -hmm. Um, and because, uh, because my friend didn't know the extent to which I had lost, uh, my vision, he we're just steaming along, like it just, you know, moving along and like narrowly noticing it. And it wasn't really until I just at one point kind of stopped. And I was like, I, this is pitch black for me. I can't like, I, I don't know where we're going. Can you just at least make sure I'm not going to walk into anything? Uh, and you know, he responded very quickly and you know, really good. But like I could hear in his voice, um, surprise mm -hmm. you know um like that um pitiful surprise is not the right word because i don't think that he would say that apologetic surprise sorry sorry right that word. he didn't know or sorry that you're that bad sorry that i'm that bad okay um you know um like i, I like he wasn't being a 
he wasn't being a jerk about it by any stretch of the imagination. No, he was really he wasn't, nice, yeah. Right? He, yeah, he was super nice about it. Um, but there was definitely like a, a tone change, you know, where like... Um, the extent of your vision loss yeah, hit home. Yeah, where he suddenly realized that like he had to take care of me in a certain way that he was not accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that, again, not that he was disappointed in that or whatever, just... No, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, but by the time we got to the restaurant, uh, which was also pretty pretty dark. Um, Even though I found the, the brightest lit one. <laughs> yeah. Table in the, the area that I was physically sitting in was well lit. Um, but it was sort of a table of four. My spot, my spot was well lit. And the other three were kind of in the dark. Um, so most of my conversations were on faith that that's where noise is coming from. So I will talk to the noise, but not that I specifically saw the person. Uh, so I, uh, I, I felt bad because in my head, I was just, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And it was, we had fun. I enjoyed it and it was good hanging out with them. But there, the constant sort of pestering of like, I just want to get out of this. I just want to be where I know. Because you were already overwhelmed. Yeah. And so far you haven't found a way to un- unwhelm yourself without being home yeah. and stationary. Yeah. Uh, or at least in a place with like a whole lot of light. Yeah. You know, if I have that, a whole lot of light and not a whole lot of people, uh, I can, I can kind of get myself back there. But as long as I don't leave the situation, it's rough. Uh, so there wasn't a point in the evening where you were able to calm down a little or settle. Right. It just stayed. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we need to, you need to bring like a, a pup tent with you, a bright white pup tent and a little <laughs> <laughs> spotlight. And you can just go into your little, <laughs> sorry, that's bad. I'm sorry. No, no. But I mean, if I could do it, I would. Well, maybe. You know. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know, after that night, uh, after those two, like, sort of things. It was definitely on the back of my mind that I was like how mobile I can continue to be, you know, and how, what I can stand, you know, because like that amount of anxiety over that amount of time, uh, made for a really crappy week. Yeah. It sounds pretty shitty. So, uh, and then having both of those things where I was questioning what I can do at night and then experiencing something as traumatic during the day uh, with the sunglasses, with the sun thing. Uh, it kind of rocked your world a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you like... daytime supposed to be safe. Yes. Daytime is my salvation. <laughs> it, is the, like, it is the time where like, okay, I can be a normal person because most mornings I don't use the cane on the way to the subway. Oh. Um, you did on that morning though. And I did on that morning. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Okay. Um, well, but <laughs> not that it helps, but no. Uh, but I, I would say it's probably. It used to be like ninety ten that I didn't use it, um, and now I would say it's probably sixty forty that I don't use it. Okay. Uh, so maybe not most days, but like, uh, it kind of depends. Well, sixty percent is more. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, it, and, and I don't ever use it at lunch. 
like I'll go to lunch um, and I'll, I've maybe used it twice, you know, when I'm like feeling particularly overwhelmed. But you're usually going with someone. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm almost always going with someone. Okay. Um, and that's when I have like a weird anxiety about using the cane because even the days where I'm like, I should use it. Uh, I was like, because there's a place I go to get a ham sandwich, uh, like maybe twice a week. Um, and I'm the only person that ever goes in there. It's one of those like Lenny's, like mm-hmm. generic sandwich places. Uh, I'm the only person that ever goes in there and just gets like one thing. I get ham on a roll with nothing else on it. And it used to be that they'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you sure you're that boring? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're... Uh, there are like the the people that have been working there have all now seemingly been working there for a while and I've been going there for a while. So um, I just need to like nod at the dude now and he just like <laughs> fills it out. <laughs> he just like wants confirmation that like, cause like three times I've gotten a meatball sub. So he just wants to know that like, oh, this okay. isn't one of those times. Gotcha. You know, uh, I don't, why was I telling this story? Um, oh, oh yeah. You didn't uh, use your cane. Yeah. Because I'm using cane. So, you know, like if I go in there like 50 times and then all of a sudden I go in there with a cane one day, uh, like I don't want to go into the whole like explanation of the whole thing. So just like it'll weird them out if like, you all know, all of a sudden you show up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've still done it and it, they didn't acknowledge it in any way, shape or form. So it's all entirely in my head. But hmm. uh, anyway, so. I'm hoping that that daytime thing was a one-time only type situation. Me too. Uh, I don't have to figure out what I'm going to do at night. If I just need to start spending the money on cabs because I'm an adult and adults can get cab rides. Because we took a cab home that night. We did. Um, which took about zero convincing. Like <laughs> We were walking to the subway, <laughs> which I did not want to do. And Joy was like, hey, maybe we could also do a cab. And I was like, Mm. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> you did make that noise too as yeah. if it was a little bit longer and i was like all right <laughs> let me look up yeah because like the cheap part of me was like but subway free but right. then it was also like but also five blocks away just yeah just like and it was get, it was starting to get cold again yeah and i had to use the restroom so, so uh, that's how i convinced myself that it was <laughs> worth it <laughs> Uh, anyway, so sorry. maybe that'll be a sort of solution because I mean, truthfully, uh, you know, with the Uber and stuff like that, like you could just stand in a place and say, come get me and bring me to a place. I think I think you need to keep that in mind that we were talking before about taking care of yourself or I was talking about it and you were talking about <laughs> it last time. And I encourage you to do that because I would rather there's a lot of things. And I know we talked about this yesterday, but I want um, I want you to make sure that you take advantage of all the tools that you have. And one of them is your Xanax. Mm. Another one is Uber. And another one is um, always using your cane and maybe not letting your your glasses fuck up. (laughs) So I think that you should keep that in mind. I mean, we can can afford that right now and you can do that right now. So you should. I don't know if I've talked about this on here before. But I'm going to give it like a little warning to folks out there who are thinking about doing something that I, mistake that I made. When I got the, I, I got a new pair of glasses maybe six months ago. Um, and, uh, and I hate always having to switch sunglasses, but like they're polarized or whatever. And I was like, you know what? When, why don't like you put the transition lenses thing on there in case like I forget, 
my sunglasses, then it's at least like some level of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I'm being smart. You know, it's an extra like 75 bucks, but like, you know, I'm taking care of myself. Uh, don't do that. It is, <laughs> if you have RP, it is an awful idea because if you do go out and it's sunny and they turn to sunglasses, then when you go inside, you can't see because they're still sunglasses. Like in my head, it takes a while for them to transition back to. Regular. Yeah. Um, in my head, they transitioned like, you know, immediately. Yeah. It was like a three second deal. Well, that's what they show you in the commercials. Right. Yeah. They're just like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, like, yeah, you know, um, that is, that is a lie. So like if you're walking and then you go into like the lobby of a building, it's just super dark in there and you can't see a goddamn thing. So then you have to be like, okay, well now I'll take off my glasses and everything will be blurry and weird. <laughs> uh, or I could keep them on and everything will be super dark and hard to see and hard to see. Just the same. Yeah. So, um, if you're thinking about spending that extra $75, don't cause I would prefer like not having them. Can they take it off? Is it something that can be... Removed? I think, no, I think I'd have to get all new lenses. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, and I don't, I don't know how that works, so I'm just trying to, like, fight through it. Do you yeah. have your old glasses still? I do, yes. Okay. Maybe you should... Start wearing those? And, and go and get new ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, get, I'm trying to figure out what these. I want to do. Like, um, basically, I've been just trying to switch to the sunglasses as frequently like the straight up sunglasses that are just sunglasses as frequently as I can um, to avoid that situation. But I know there were a few times where it was like when I was out in LA um, where it's warm all the time. So you don't have like a jacket that you can put like your sunglasses in the pocket for. Uh, a lot of times I just took the glasses off in the time that I had to be outside, which was limited. Okay. Um, so that got like weirdly dangerous in that situation. I'm just like, man, I hope I don't walk into anything. Um, Dude. But um, everybody knew all the, I, I always traveled with somebody who would keep me from directly walking into stuff. So. Okay, good. Okay. Anyway, um, that's what I wanted to cover for this week's episode. Well, I have a little bit more. Um, I know okay. that at the top of the, the show, you said we were going to be focused and it felt like this was our most unfocused and we meandered around, but it was one. Yeah, it was, incident. it was based on an, uh, on a, a, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> But going back to talking to me about stuff, yes. you had mentioned that you... We have a whole podcast about it. What? I'm in trouble. Go ahead. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> you not telling me things because you're trying to protect me. Then the reasons why you feel like you need to do that. I, I feel like we've covered that a lot, but uh, there, there wasn't much that could be done. You know, it was a, it was a thing. I figured we'd talk about it here. Um, I, you know, I, and you ended up telling me before the podcast. Yes. So I apologize for not crying on this episode. (laughs) Uh, I apologize for crying all the time. Still, I just want, I don't, I'm going to keep reminding you that that's what I'm here for. mm -hmm. And you would want me to tell you. So I am also here to remind you all the time. (laughs) With stern looks mm-hmm. and judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know what? Sometimes you don't have to use words to get your point across. Nope. I have learned that. Just, Thank you. Just death eyes. <laughs> also, um, I was having dinner last night with a friend and I was trying to explain to her. She was asking how you were and how your eyes are doing. And um, we were trying to talk about 
like what you see. And I know that that that's been always been kind of a difficult thing to say. And one of the things like for your peripheral vision, they're like, what do you see black? That's often a question. And I said to her, well, like what you've said is like, well, we don't see the end of our vision. Like it doesn't, we don't think about that. This is where I don't see anymore. Cause you don't see it. And it's just a thing that you're used to. So I explained that part to her. And then I said, the night vision is, um, is it a big issue too? I go in this restaurant cause it was kind of dark. I go, she, he might be able to see, it would be very dark for him. And, and as far as peripherally, probably what he would see right now is, you know, your head, Maybe, maybe your shoulders, because we were about this. Can you see my shoulders right now? Not if I'm looking at your face. Okay. So you would just see her face then. But because it was dark, um, it would be hard to see her anyway. And I told her what you had said about about the night vision part of it. Like when we go from a sunny outside, a sighted person goes from a sunny outside into a darker interior, it takes a while for your eyes to adjust. And you say yours just don't. Yeah. Essentially. And so when I explained that to her, she's like, wow, that's a really good way to put it. Because I get that. Like, I totally get it. So that's a good thing. That's one thing that people will get that we can tell. Yeah. So and, for that part of it. And anyway. I've discovered that if you give it long enough, you'll get like maybe 20% change. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if I look at my cell phone, I start over. Yeah. Like If I look at one bright thing, it screws the whole thing up. But if your screen is turned down, then you can't see it at all, right? Yeah. So I just have to determine like, is this text message going to be important enough to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to me to be <laughs> for the next like half an hour? Right. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening and please uh, rate us on iTunes uh, or leave a comment <laughs> or any of those things. Yeah, let us know. Uh, I think we're on, we're on Stitcher now, which is another uh, podcast place. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think something called downcast. Um, try to get it out there. A bunch of different places. So. What about the other, the sampler thing? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, assuming all goes well um, this upcoming week, um, we should be featured on a podcast called uh, The Sampler uh, by uh, Gimlet Media, um, where they talk to folks who uh, do podcasts. Yep. Uh, and they interviewed us. And uh, we haven't listened to it yet. No. So... Uh, hopefully that's not just them making fun of us, but I'm sure it's not. <laughs> It'll just be me crying all the time. Um, but because I think one of their things is that, you know, they you have all these really well-known podcasts out there that have a lot of money or, you know, big websites or a lot of uh, a network of some sort to sort of promote them. And their idea is that they're finding all these other podcasts that don't have that backing that are interesting or different and they're promoting them. Yeah. The ones that they like. Yeah. So uh, check it out. Uh, I believe it will be episode three of uh, the Sampler podcast. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you guys again soon. Okay. Bye.